at that changed your life? It's about 29 years ago, I think. Paula was, oh, but not so, how old you were? Um, <laughs> it's okay. I got a, it was a Saturday. I put on a roast and I just was exhausted and I went to lay down and the phone rang. And one of my friends on the other end that was part of our congregation said to me, Valme, Valme, Sandra's been hit by a car. And I, I went, oh, where, what, what? And I said, okay. She said, we're coming down. So her and her husband came down and she said, I'm not sure where it was. So Kevin went one way with the, the man and I took Bev with me in, in our car and left our girls at home and um, took off. And um, we found where the accident was. And the people said to us, oh, she's just got a, a broken leg. So Bev and I took off to the hospital. We got about, we are just nearly near the hospital and we passed the ambulance. And I'm thinking, how could we beat the ambulance that left us, left before we did? So we get into the hospital and I said to Bev, well, you know, you go and Kevin will be here with, you, with Neville in a minute and I'll go and just see someone else who just had rung to say they're in emergency. So I went down and the next thing flying down towards me was Beverly. Valme, Valme. The doctor said that she's brain dead. It changed my life, but it changed hers and her husband's even more. So I, I went back and I stayed the night at the hospital with her because Sandra was 13. And um, she was... Um, what they did then in, at the MARTA in, in Brisbane is that they didn't just turn off the machines. And so over the, period, the night time, she, um, we stayed there and prayed and did lots of things. I'd just been believing that God was a God that heals. I didn't think this was really what I needed at this particular time. And so I, um, I, 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 um, when we were there, the doctor came in and asked me if I would talk to the parents about turning off the machine. So I, I sort of at one stage said, I cannot do this on my own. I'm going to go home and get Kevin. He's going to have to come back with me and talk to the parents. While I was away, the, um, doc Bevan Neville had come to terms and by the time I got back, they said, it's all right, it's okay. We've given permission. Beverly and Neville are um, still close friends of ours. And, and she loves me to tell this story, not because she's happy about it, but because it helps other people in the, in the area of their life that go through sometimes really, really hardships. And um, I, you know, I drove back banging the steering wheel of our car, yelling at God and telling him off, well and truly. 
I learned a long time ago, I might as well tell God exactly what I think because he knows it anyway. So I, I might as well get it out and tell him exactly what I think. And so I was very, very angry with him. And this lady, this was her second child to die, God. Her second. One had been a cot death and she had two other children. Bev and Nev took a, it took Beverly a while to come to terms, but you know what happened to Bev was it didn't matter what I said to her, it, it didn't make any difference. Do you know what it is in events in your life that sometimes you know people are making sense and you just don't want to know anyway? You know, it just, it just hurts too much. And so one day, she, you know, she went away, her and her husband, and she comes back to me and she says, I was sitting at the beach and God spoke to me, Valme, and told me that Sandra is, is with him and everything is fine. And she said, all of a sudden, it made a difference in my life because God came near as an event for me, I'll never forget. It's an event, you know, Paula was the same age as Sandra. And every year, for lots of times when Paula had those main birthdays, when Paula got married, Bev was at our wedding. Uh, not our wedding, their wedding. <laughs> because she saw some of the things that would have happened to her daughter around that age. And you know what? She didn't get angry with Paula she didn't get angry with me because I had Paula. She rejoiced in it with us. And you know what? The difference was God came near to her. The hardest thing Bev says is that no one wants to talk about Sandra. It's as, you know, it's as if she didn't exist, but she did for 13 years. She'd been in a lot of trouble. Lots of things had happened in their life that had caused trouble. That's an event I don't want anybody else much to have. She, ran across, she was walking across the road, hit by a car. The son was in the most terrible position. She, Bev saw her child. The last time she saw her child was at my place because she'd gone to stay with someone else that night. But you know what? She didn't stay in that event. She moved on. One of the things that I read that it said this, that um, sometimes we want God to take those things away from us and we believe faith will do that, but sometimes faith is God sitting in it with us, just with us, working it through. I, I wrote a statement there. It restricts me. The way, you think, the way you think either expresses faith or undermines faith. The way you think either expresses faith or undermines faith. I had to think about that. At the beginning, undermining our faith is really easy to do. I'm no good, God doesn't love me, I don't care. It undermines our faith. If I make a mistake, 
You know, if I foul up, I undermine my faith because we undermine who God is. You see, one thing about God is he loves us even before we know him. And he loves us unconditionally. And it's really important for us to know this is who God is, not how I see God. I, you know, some of us see God as a, a, a man up there in heaven who's just waiting for me to make a mistake and says, gotcha. Some of us are waiting up there thinking God is a God that just gives hands out presents like, you know, like grandparents are supposed to do, you know, with my grandchildren. Grandma, are you going to buy me a toy? Let's go here, let's go there. You know, those things. And um, partly that's the grandparents' fault, let's face it. You know, we do it, we cause it. But God unconditionally loves me whatever state I am at or in, even with him. That is why we celebrate this final week in his life on earth as a man. Today, he changed the thinking of the people. They're on their way to Jerusalem. And so events change. Sandra's death changed Bevan Neville's life forever. Forever. This week is an event that changed the whole of the universe's life forever. It's an event that happened so that everybody could know freedom. And so they were going to Jerusalem and Jesus was a good Jew and the disciples were good Jews and you went to Jerusalem for the Passover. And the Passover was the time when they celebrated their time of freedom from slavery with the Egyptians. They kept doing this. It was a big thing. The nation of Israel still is a, a powerful, they want to be a nation. And they celebrated way back here in Jesus' time, the Passover, to glorify and thank God because they had been set free from Egypt. That's what the Passover. So they're on the way to the Passover. On the way to the Passover, Jesus sent a couple of them ahead. You know, some people are organised. Who is organised and hate it when other people aren't organised? You know? You know? You live in my house, Kevin goes, oh. If I decide I want to do something now and then, it's, let's do this. You know, yeah, so now, yeah, now. You know, so I'm not quite that organised in something. But some people are organised. These disciples were used to Jesus and doing things. But, wow, he sent two of them ahead to get a cult. Well, that was even different. Just go and get a cult. What am I going to do? Just If someone says something to you, just tell them that the master has need of it. Really? They were obedient. <laughs> How many of you are that obedient to God when he tells you to do something? You know, sometimes I want to have a say here. I want to have a say. And so sometimes I say to God, hey, what if, what if? Just do it. Obedience. So they went to get a cult and someone said, what are you doing? The master has need of it. 
So they went in to, to um, hear into Bethpage. And as they came in, number one, Jesus came riding a donkey. The donkey was the poor man's transport. The kings in those days, they got carried, didn't they? Remember they had those things, you lifted them up on and carried them. Wouldn't you be tempted to drop them? Come on, you know, like if they'd been a bit nasty and they're very wealthy and you're carrying them, wouldn't you be tempted just to let them go? Oh, <laughs> you didn't want to die. It's an accident. They had no accidents then. But he came in riding on a donkey. This was different. Jesus they declared here that he was the Messiah. He never, ever did that before. And when they started yelling out and, and praising him, he let them. Do you remember whenever he did miracles, he said, don't go and tell anybody. This time, he let them praise him. And he said, if you stop them, even the stones will cry out. Here's the time when he allowed them to announce that he was the king. Blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. They were singing Hosanna. Now, they were going to the Passover, which was about to the time that they got rescued. They were singing Hosanna. Hosanna means in Hebrew, rescue me, deliver me. And here they are crying out, Hosanna, rescue us, deliver us. He is our deliverer. This is what they were doing. Well, the religious leaders were really excited about this. And they had a lot to say to the political Romans. They were unhappy. And they knew something was up. This is the beginning of this week where Jesus knew that he was going to face the cross. Who gives a party before their death? He came in and wanted a celebration. He allowed the Jewish people to announce him as king before they nailed it on the cross. He allowed the Jewish people to say, he is our king, before the Romans said, king of, the, king of kings, king of the Jews, and nailed it to the cross. He accepted the kingship that they gave to him. I wonder if this week we can think about what does it mean to me. This event that happened that many years ago is meant not so we celebrate and wane palm branches and, and do all that stuff. It's to recognise that you and I need to call out Hosanna. That we need a saviour. We need a deliverer. We need to know the King of Kings personally. He came. When God spoke to Beverly, it was like she believed him. I looked at her and said, I've told you all those things. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, but God told me. You know, when God spoke to her heart, 
she accepted it. And I want to say to you today that at the beginning of this week, God wants to meet you where you're at. Can you remember an event in your life that changed your life? Can you think of something that might be still changing your life today? You could be living with bitterness and anger. You could be the martyr. I've met many martyrs. It's always everybody else's fault. And sometimes it is, but you've got to get over it. Come on, like, I know that won't go down, but that's how it happens. You've got to get over it. Not because, for their sake, for your sake. You've got to let the Lord touch you and set you free. Jesus came to love us. If he loves me, will he hurt me? No. When we were at the Gold Coast, I remember very, very clearly we were were doing welfare at the stage and one of the ladies that was, um, she was from Townsville, and she came in to me and said, Mama, I really had to talk to this lady. And she said, I, I, I didn't know how to say it. She said, but my client believes that, every, that men are allowed to hurt women. She said, because it happens to everybody. And she said, I said to her, no, no. She said, well, it happens in my family, my sisters and my mother and everyone. It's just part of all who you are. You just have to put up with it. And Mark looked at her and said, could you see my husband hurting me? Well, I wouldn't be able to see that either. She was an older lady. He does not hurt me. The major out there, he wouldn't hurt his wife. Sometimes some people who live in a martyr or a a situation, it's because they don't know any better. They don't feel loved. They don't feel whole. And they don't realise that they have a need of a rescuer. And the rescuer is Jesus. Because he does it with purity and love. And he takes hold of us and he fills us with love that is from him. So this week was the week and the day. Some people called it Passion Sunday. I said to Ken, why do they call it Passion Sunday? So he gets on the, on the little computer, iPad. Why do they call it Passion Sunday? I can understand why they call it Holy Week, but why do they call this Sunday Passion Sunday? It really just started because someone thought this is the passion. It wasn't a big thing. But I thought, okay, if this is Passion Sunday, this is the time for us to know the passionate love of God. It's the time at the beginning of the week to realise that he celebrated and he let them know, I am the Messiah. But when the Romans asked him 
are you the Messiah? He didn't speak a word. But to his people, he allowed them to call him King of Kings. They, he allowed them to believe him to be the Messiah. I wonder what event has happened in your life that has stunted you and stopped you. Last week I spoke about the lie that, is, that the devil gives, that he comes to steal, kill and destroy. And I believe he gives that lie to us to believe that we're unlovable and there are things in our life that are unforgivable. If anyone knows me, they know that, they know that I um, can quite a lot open my mouth when I shouldn't. Anyone ever been there? You know, open your mouth when you, it's like, Kevin, I always know when I've done it by the looks I get. Yeah, no, sometimes while it's happening from my family. I remember if I preached and said the wrong word, Katrina or Paula would roll their eyes, look at me, and I'd think, I said something weird then. <laughs> by the looks on their faces, I knew I'd done, so I said a wrong word or something wrong. But you know what? I am challenged to know that God loves me even when I foul up. And he, he comes back to me, but he wants me to change. How many people foul up and don't want to change? You know what I mean? They just don't want to change. It's an accident. Little kids are the best at it. They're the best at it, I reckon. They just, it was an accident when you know jolly well it wasn't an accident. They deliberately did it. Have you ever had those little four-year-olds look at you? It's an accident. Ah, oh, that's lovely. Well, don't do the accident again, you know? That's an accident. The thing is, God knows our heart. The love of God. And this week is the week of the love of God. The love for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's what this week is about. This week is about God looking down and saying, they cannot do it. It's by my blood that they're set free. The devil will still kill, destroy, and, and do everything within his power. But this week is the week we celebrate that we have been redeemed. This week we celebrate that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one can come to the Father but by him. This is the week that you and I celebrate that whatever has happened in our life, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. There is nothing God cannot reach in and do with you. i just finish with this. One of the most impossible things can happen to you in your health. Has anyone ever been there like, you just can't do anything about it? Whether it is whatever causes it. It could be a physical thing, a mental thing. It could be 
an addiction thing. You know, I got into trouble yesterday. I have two daughters. That's the other event that changes your life forever, having children. I got two daughters. Well, I'm used to one of them going off at me a lot, the one where I live. Yesterday, I bought a bottle of Coke. If anyone knows, I used to drink a lot, a lot, a lot of Coke. I very, I don't. I went off it for 10 years and I just sort of, when I, we went overseas, I didn't know what else to drink. You know, that's what I said. That's a really good excuse. Yesterday, I bought a bottle of Coke. I had it in my bag and I had said a little while ago, oh, my granddaughter down at the coast, the nine-year-old, she is not allowed to have too much like that, but she likes it when I buy Coke and can I have a drink, Grandma? So I let her. Yesterday, I had my bottle of Coke in my handbag and I was not paying any attention till all of a sudden I heard, oopsie! And I looked down and here's Rebecca with my bottle of Coke, <laughs> drinking it on the ground. Some person doesn't ask how that happened. They just said, Mum, what are you doing giving her Coke? <laughs> she did. What are you doing? I said, oh, I didn't give it to her. She just took it out of my handbag and I didn't even see it. If you hadn't had it in the first place. <laughs> if I, so, that's what she says. You know, one of the things that is... Yeah, now... Sorry. <laughs> one of the things that happen in our life is that there are some things that are hard to give up, isn't there? You know, what, and, and some of them aren't really harmful to us. But there are some things that are just hard to give up. And the, only and the time I gave it up was when God really spoke to me. Because at that time, I was really sick with fibromyalgia. And I was really ill. And I was, and I had it for years. And God said, you stop drinking that. And I stopped and I was healed. You know, it was amazing. Do you think I've learned my lesson? Do you think I should not? I only have one little bottle a day at the moment. I wasn't good this year. <laughs> yeah. You're talking you know to a, that's a rehab life. church, Mum. Hey? You're in a rehab church. <laughs> I know, I'm at rehab church. That's what they say all the time. Isn't that true? One little thing. So... I learned, I, st I didn't drink it when I was at rehab. Isn't that good? I was really good when we were at rehab, Kevin and I. I didn't drink Coke then. And um, I drink lemonade, yeah, but just not Coke. <laughs> <laughs> so you substitute. But what I want to say to you now, she's going me off track, is that in life, you see, we need a saviour. I can't do it by myself. I am loved, I'm accepted, but I need him. And uh, the event in your life that has changed your life, if there's bitterness there, if there's anger there, you need to look this week and look at the biggest event that happened in history. Because it's the biggest event, because we talk about this is 2016 after Jesus died. It's the biggest event, and that big event was for you and me. It was the biggest event in history, but it was for me 
so I can be set free. Let's sing together. Beautiful Lord, wonderful Saviour, I know for sure. All of my days are held in your hand, crafted into your perfect plan. You gently Yeah. 
Father God, your heart is breaking because there are some people here today whose hearts are breaking. Families have been shattered. Health has been shattered. It's like Father God, at the beginning of Easter, this week, your heart looks down on this world of ours and sees people who don't want you, do not know your love, how much you love them. And so right now I ask, Father, that you pour out your Holy Spirit into those who feel shattered. I pray that you'll mend family relationships, that somehow you'll go ahead where situations with families and children have been busted, that you will restore and bring, Lord God, new relationships with those children again. That, Father, those who are praying for someone whose health is really bad, that you'll pour out your healing hand upon them at this time. Lord, I pray for those, Lord, who just need you to restore their joy. Let joy be released in this place. Let the joy of the Lord be released. Let peace be released. For those who are lonely, Lord, come alongside them. Just come alongside them for those who are lonely. Lord, touch them, that they will walk knowing that you are with them, that they're not alone. I just pray this week you will do miracles, miracles <coughs> in people's lives. This week, Lord God, those that have been praying for something in particular, we call the answer into being and we pull down the strongholds that's stopping it. We pray for your wisdom to be their guide. Your wisdom, guide them in all truth. <coughs> and right now in the name of Jesus, I declare the King of kings and Lord of lords, you will pour out upon your people here an abundant life. I pray, Lord, I pray for those who think that they don't have abundant life ahead of them. I pull down that stronghold in the name of Jesus. That I pray for every person here to walk in a life from this moment on that's full of joy, peace and happiness. That you'll bring jobs their way. your glory be released. Let the potter's hand touch us right now in the name of Jesus.